Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced Sunrise Batch Coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the 3M Open. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, uh, Tyler Tambaline, a.k.a. the Canadian Pitbull. Tyler, I got to ask, how are you from Canada and you look like a Hispanic rapper from Miami? How does that work? How does that, how does that happen? <laughs> you got to ask the tour junkies, bro. They, they got me on that last year. They made a whole video about me, but... Um, I don't know, man. It's just what the way I turned out. It's how I look. Some people have called it out before, even before they did. And my old boss actually at the car dealership said he hired me because of that. So it has got me places <laughs> in life. Yeah, you got that job. He's like, man. He- hey, Dale, Dale, sing it, man. Dale, let's do yeah. it. All right. So, you know, you, you got to love um, the Canadian pit bull. Of course, we're here. Um, we are going to be talking about the 3M, 3M Open this week. But first off, let's talk about this past week. Um, you know, for most golf fans, it wasn't like the best week to watch golf. I mean, the course wasn't that great where they played uh, in Detroit. But the stories that happened this week were actually really, really good, really great stories uh, on multiple tours this week. First, as most of you know, Nate Lashley uh, won the uh, the tournament in Detroit this past week. And I'm sure most of you have followed his story so far, um, His both of his parents and his uh, girlfriend died in a plane crash, leaving from one of his events uh, that he played in college. You know, a lot of tragedy right there for him. And then to go back out, and, and, and you said golf helped him a little bit. You know, this game we love can be useful in many different ways. Uh, and this, you know, it helped him hit that plus the love of, you know, his the rest of his rest of his family and his loved ones helped him overcome that struggle. And after being on the tour for, you know, as a pro for – I don't know, 15 years or something, trying to make it. He finally got a tour card 
uh, last year. And then after all this hard work, he finally got that W. Uh, what a great story by Nate Lashley. Um, you know, really, really feel good story. It's, you, you can't really even write. Uh, the next is uh, Christian. I'm going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, Christian Bazidanit, Bazidanhut. Uh, I'm just going to call him Bez. Okay. So he won the Andalusia Masters this year on the uh, last this week on a European tour. His story, he accidentally drank rat poison uh, when he was two years old. I guess, uh, I don't know why, but there was like rat poison in a Coke, a can of Coke or something. Uh, and he was two years old. He grabbed the Coke, started drinking it. And, uh, you know, it really messed him up. He almost died, shut his nervous system down. And it created him uh, having a lifelong problem with a stuttering and stammering. So throughout his teenage years, you know, lots of depression, lots of anxiety for public speaking uh, because of this issue that he had. Doctors prescribed him these beta blockers, anxiety medicine, uh, to try and curb some of the issues that he was dealing with. Well, when he got on the tour, he was popped for a drug-related offense because those beta blockers were not allowed on the European tour. So he was suspended for two years. Um, You know, he said that he went through all the stuff. I don't know the whole story trying to get in with the European tour, uh, but they, they lessened his, um, his suspension to nine months. He got back out on tour at 21, been playing on the European tour since then. Uh, been having a pretty good season so far, but finally got his first win this past week, beating John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. Uh, got sprayed with champagne on the 18th hole. And then the last story is uh, Justin, Lo- Justin Lower. Um, he was going into the final round of the Corn Ferry Tour or the Web.com Tour uh, in the lead. Uh, his story, I think he was like 12 years old around. Uh, he was uh, at the golf course waiting for his father to pick him up. Uh, his father never showed up. And then he found out later uh, after calling his mom that both his father and his brother had died in a car accident on the way to pick him up. Uh, his father was three times the legal limit. Uh, over the legal limit, uh, and then he found out that his dad afterwards, you know, basically his hero, uh, was an alcoholic. Uh, And so, you know, all three of these golfers had to face personal tragedy, and they triumphed over it. I mean, you know, it's just a great story. For anyone out there who's dealt with personal loss or personal tragedy, it's, it's really important to look at guys like this and know that, you know, there is hope. There is a way to make things better. Now, all that tragedy and stuff, it's never going to leave you. Uh, It's always going to be in you. Uh, because that, that's just how it is. But there is a way to grow and and, and 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 triumph over that tragedy. And all three of these golfers did that this week. It was a great story for all three. So if anyone out there dealing with issues, just look at these guys and look at them as role models to, to see that, you know, even though supreme loss can be really detrimental to a person's well-being, mental well-being, it's still not the end of the road. You can always bounce back through the help of loved ones, through the help of different outlets. Uh, and for these guys, it was golf. Uh, it was a really great story. It was a great weekend for these three. Uh, any uh, any uh, thoughts on, on that there, Tambo? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I actually didn't get to watch a lot of – you guys know me. Every Sunday I'm grinding, watching golf all day long in the Slack chat over at Gup's Corner doing my thing. But uh, this week I didn't get a chance to because I'm actually on vacation with my family. So I was doing a little bit of traveling – uh, and I was on a ferry, with, so there was some corn ferry jokes about that. But uh, I, I was I was on the ferry and I was following along, and I know all the stories. And the Nate Lashley one, you know, obviously a, a massive story. So for him just to essentially dust the field in that sense and get it done. I mean, even the other stuff beyond those tragic moments you mentioned, where you know selling real estate had to go back to it, the injuries, doing everything on the side, and then you know seeing Kenny get back there to now 
exempt for, you know, two years, three majors that he's going to be into, all, all these extra factors that he's received on top of the paycheck, which I can assure you it's probably not what it's all about. I know the money's everything to these guys, but like you said, it's overcoming those things. And you look back at Woodland, who we were so high on, and, and see his, uh, you know, triumphant over, you know, overcoming all that stuff with him and his wife and losing one of the babies and now not only winning the major and holding off Brooks Kepka, but um, announcing on that Saturday that they're having twins again or, or that news becoming public. And it's just like you said, it just goes to say, you know, goes to show how this world works in crazy ways. Uh, you know, you can be down, but you don't ever have to be down and out. You can always get your way back. So uh, amazing stories. Excited to see uh, Nate Lashley get the win. Of course, it was, you know, last guy out. Him was the last one in, and then we see it happen. But, you know, you can't ask for much more of a story. We've had a lot of these cool stories this year, the Connors Monday qualifier. Uh, we'll talk about Doc Redman this week, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and Nate Lashley, though, for that uh, that turnaround and to make this happen was very cool to see. Uh, very happy for him and, and for his family and, and that. So to me, that's a big win for him and for everybody involved. Yeah, for the tournament itself, you know, it wasn't that great of a watch. I mean, Nash- Lashley ran over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, good on him. Uh, the course was set up really easy. It was just a birdie fest. And, you know, that's what we expect when it comes to new courses on the PGA Tour. That's what the PGA Tour wants. Uh, I was actually following one of the No Laying Up guys, and they got a text from a guy who's a member of Detroit Golf Club. And he said the conditions were harder a week earlier for his men's league than they were for the PGA wow. Tour this past week. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, anytime the, the PGA Tour gets a new course on, they're going to make it easy. They're going to make it playable. And, and I have some quotes this week later on about this tournament here uh, at TPC Twin Cities. Um, other guys who performed well this past week, um, you saw Patrick Reed go in there. I think Reed, uh, I'll talk about Reed and his motivation here later, but he 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 played well. He's coming into form a little bit here recently. Um, you saw the big names sort of fall off and, not too surprising. I mean, like, who really wants to play in Detroit? I mean, the thing about uh, Dustin Johnson, he had like 12 birdies, I think, or something like that uh, in the first two rounds. He just had like so many bogeys and doubles on a course where they weren't giving up many bogeys and doubles. I don't know uh, exactly what's wrong with him. Again, his iron game, his wedge game wasn't that great. And I talked about that last week. Um, you had uh, who else? Big man? Woodland. Missed well, the cut. Woodland was the same way. 13 birdies. No, nothing worse than a bogey still doesn't make it. It's just yeah. the way it goes when people are scoring like this. And to your point, like you said, and I will get to that. Obviously, Dustin Johnson uh, hurt a lot of people, including myself. But I don't know what's going on there. Like he, even on his front nine, was like he was like five or six under or something silly like that on the chance to make the cut. It looks like it's all good, and then boom, disappears. <laughs> yeah. uh, like you said, not many big names. The other one up there uh, that was sort of interesting was another Neiman top five. And I think the the sleeper of the week or sort of guys were talking about him, but no one really clicked the button was Brand Snedeker um, at 9,900 or whatever he was when, you know, we talked about POA, we talked about all those things. So ended up having him in a couple decent lineups that didn't come through. But yeah, you couldn't even get Nashley and Nate Lashley. I like that nickname, Nashley. You couldn't even get him in your pool um, because he, he obviously was the last guy in. And I even remember joking about that with some guys saying, watch this, he'll go on to win now or something because he's, Last guy in, and, and this year DK uh, and FanDuel have been doing an incredible job of adding these late ads to the pool and just sending you that email that says, "By the way, added these four guys," and it was just too late for Lashley. So for him to go on a win again, incredible for him and for everyone around him. But um, yeah, not not much went on in this tournament. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I definitely touted Snedeker last week, and my idiot ass ended up—he ended up being one of the last persons I cut from my list. Yeah, I uh, just yeah. So that was a dumbass about that. But I had some questions about uh, last week. I did say his iron game was better, uh, and some people were asking me, "Well, he's been losing strokes on approaches." Uh, blah 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 i mean how are you saying his iron game is better well he's been hitting more greens and when it comes to guys that are good putters um the strokes gain approach app here's the thing i'll give you an example keegan bradley and brant seneca both have 150 yard approach onto a green uh i the 20 i'm just putting out a number there but 20 feet let's say 20 feet away from the pin is uh the average so 0.0 strokes gained on approaches if you hit it 20 feet from the pin Let's say Keegan hits his 17 feet from uh, to, to the hole. Brant Snedeker hits his 23 feet to the hole. Okay? So Keegan is gaining strokes on approaches on that shot. Snedeker is losing strokes on approaches on that shot. But who would you rather have putting? Would you rather have Keegan putt a 17-footer for your life? Or would you rather have Brant Snedeker putt a 23-footer for your life? For sure. I'd probably go Sneds. I would you too. You know what I'm saying? So, so when you look at stats like that – uh, especially on strokes gain approach, the only true strokes gain stat there really is is off the tee because everyone's hitting from the same spot. Uh, that's really the only true gauge. Uh, everything else has variables. Strokes gains uh, approach, strokes gain around the green. Um, stroke, you know, they all have variables. Strokes gain putting as well, depending on how hard and how fast the greens are. Uh, how much contour they have. They all have variables. The only one that doesn't is strokes gain off the tee. So when you look at a golfer like Snedeker, um, you know, even though I said his iron play was getting better, he was, but he was losing strokes with his approaches. The reason I say this is if he's hitting more greens, if a guy is a, an excellent putter and he's hitting more greens than usual, even if he's not hitting the, 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 the approaches closer than the majority of the field, it still gives him a little bit of an edge because how much of a better putter he is than most people on tour. And so that's something you got to think about when you look into your roster construction, when you look into your player pool, and when you look at the stats on your on your spreadsheet or whatever model you use. You have to keep into account different the type of golfer a person is. And so that's why I said I like Seneca last week, but my dumbass didn't use him. Uh, he was my last person cut. Uh, but personally for me, it, it was a good week, uh, 20% return on investment. Cash game cornerstones went four for four. I had six of six go through uh, in cash. Uh, on a week where only about 6% got 66 through. So it was a solid week. I did better in GPPs than I normally did, even though I had 20. I, I ended up playing Dustin Johnson. I couldn't not, I couldn't avoid it. Uh, but I had 25% DJ and 25% Woodland. Uh, but I still did okay uh, with a bunch of Hideki lineups and, you know, a lot of Neiman lineups and stuff like that. So it was a decent week. Let's talk about your week, though. You were close. Weren't you? You yeah, were close it's Tell just everyone. one of those weeks. Uh, I don't. It's it's how it goes. This is the GPP life, but um, it's one of those ones where you just got to take solace in the fact that you know your process is solid and, and you move forward to the next week. Uh, basically, it's one of those rare weeks. So I was heavy on DJ as we talked about. I tried to get to around you know 60 percent. I ended up coming away, I think, with forty eight percent in the end. Like I, I went heavy on him. I loved Ryan Moore on the week, so. Uh, and then Horschel was sort of the other guy I liked. And I had a little bit of this other guy, and I'll go to that in a second, but uh, ended up coming in 50th in the $44 um, amongst other finishes. But the idea was essentially that it it was a, the highest five out of six lineup with more. And the only one that was higher had more and Neiman. So the reason I bring that up, that was in 30th place, is if I had a swapped more to Neiman, I win the tournament by 35 points. If I had a swapped, and I had 14% Neiman on the week, which was slightly over. 
And if I had to swap more to Horschel, who also wasn't in this lineup, who I had just under 25% of on the week, I still win the tournament by 11 points. Um, so we'll get to the uh, Listener League winner. He had a huge week. He, he won the $44 as well. Um, Dub JK. And for him, it's awesome for him, for his family, for everybody. Uh, I'm pumped for that. But for me, it was like, ah, uh, right there. And, and he just missed. And it's just one of those weeks and the way it goes. But uh, looking forward to this week, getting back to it. It's one of those things where you know you got all the right plays around it. You just hate to see it when you don't capitalize on it. So looking forward to this week and, and making amends on that miss. Yeah, uh, I think Dub JK or Dub KJ beat me by like three hundred points. Yeah, in the KJ. listener league. So, so let's let's actually talk about the listener league this past week. This past week, Dub KJ he won. He also won the forty four dollar for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing, right there. Hundred thousand dollar winner, listener of the pod. So that's pretty money. Um, and then he, I think he only had one lineup. Yeah. Was it a single bullet? Single bullet. And he life. put it in multi. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. So he had like. $106 in entry fees and won like 110 grand or something like that. It was like 104 k on, on $104. Yeah. It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, so let's let's go over his lineup uh, this from last week. He had Hideki Matsuyama, who finished in 13th place, was 32% owned in the Listener League. He had uh, Joaquin, the dream, Neiman, um, 111 points, finished in 5th place, 19% draft. Uh, he, had, uh, he was 19% owned uh, in the Listener League. Kevin Streelman, uh, 30% owned in the Listener League, um, finishing 35th. He had Sabatini, 21.5% um, owned, 116 points, tied for third. J.J. Spawn, finishing 13th, 7% owned, 102 points. And he had Doc Redmond, uh, 9% owned. Good job, listeners. That's pretty solid work. Uh, he was in 18 different lineups in the Listener League. I didn't have him. Uh, I should have. But I didn't. He finished in second with 125 points. What did you think of the lineup there, Tambo? Yeah, the, the Doc Redmond sets it off. I said we talk about him in a little bit. Obviously, you know, my affiliation with GupsCorner.com, you know, we'll talk about it a bunch on the pod uh, near the end especially, but with a promo code special. But uh, Gup had Doc Redmond in his top five documented for the week, said he was going to finish top five. He ended up coming second, which is absolutely sick. Um, I know that put a lot of people onto him there. The Gups Corner community went off this weekend, made a lot of money. And that was a big guy for them, right? That set it off. Uh, I was in Slack confirming everything because people were like, well, he's high in Gup's rankings, but who is this guy? And we talked about the 2017 US Am win uh, at Riviera. We talked about, you know, I know a little bit of the McKenzie tour being in Canada. So how good of a year he'd had. He'd almost won like two weeks earlier in BC where I am now on vacation on uh, in an event there. He came second. And then, of course, he shot the 62 on Monday just to get in and at a birdies or better tournament, you know, I'll call it that. That was huge for $6,400. But how often do you see a late ad like that at $6,400 get that much ownership, which is still significant for a quote-unquote scrub who's obviously not a scrub. Uh, so it's cool to see for him. Great for, for Dub KJ. Talked a lot about him. He's, he's in the Gups Corner community. He's in the Slack. Uh, amazing lineup all around. Mixed it up quite well. He had sort of that balance I always talk about with a couple really chalky guys and then a couple really low-end guys uh, as far as constru construction goes to just mix it up a bit. And good for Doc Redman himself because he got himself a ticket punched into the open at Royal Port Rush, which is cool to see. And he's back in the field again this week as well. Well, then he also got a special exemption for the rest of the season. Correct. Right? He doesn't get to play a certain amount of events. And yeah. that's a big deal. Huge deal. For these young guys. Huge, yeah, really, huge. Really, really yeah, he's deal. not even on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's in the McKenzie Tour in Canada. Yep. So yep. way bigger money, obviously, on the PGA Tour, let alone uh, what he's getting in the McKenzie Tour, which is basically nothing. So uh, huge for him as well. But yeah, Dub KJ tore it up. 
Congrats to him. We'll see him in the listener league this week. Uh, sorry, in the three man this week. Uh, and then shout out to Ollie 12. Another good guy came in second. But like you said, with Doug KJ at 627.5, blew out quite a few fields on the week with one bullet. Yep. So amazing. Playing, play, playing these minor league tours is, is a grind. I talked to this guy who played for the McKenzie tour, and he said, you know, you got to pay to play. Mm-hmm. There's an entry fee uh, to play these, these events. It's not like these guys just go in and get to play for nothing. They, it's a $1,000 entry fee to play on the McKenzie tour every tournament. Yeah, play. It's like real life DFS. And, and, and it, These guys are queuing yeah, in. They're the, trying to queue in. They're yeah. put their money up yeah. to play. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so you have to finish in the top 15 to win a thousand bucks on the McKenzie. Tour. So if you're not finishing in the top 15 every week, you're losing money, hotels, travel, losing, gas, food, you're losing everything. Money. Yeah. The, the, the grind is real for these low, for these minor tour players. And when they get opportunities like this and they capitalize, it is a huge, life-changing deal yeah. so good cool. for uh Redmond. also for lastly who has job security uh now but also kudos to dub kj uh we will see him in the three man which i've been taking down on a routine basis now uh since i've been putting my cash lineup in it every week i think i won like four or five in a row so it's going pretty well um but let's move on first off before we talk about the course let's talk about gub's corner it was a good segue that you had there tambo um Gup's Corner is great. Gupscorner.com. It's a great community. You go sign up, use promo code DGEN10, and you can get 10% off a subscription for a month or for a year. And the year is 365 days. It includes the NFL season. And these guys are pros when it comes to football as well. So it's not only golf, it's football. They got different types of bets. They got different types of, uh, you know, rankings. Uh, Gup's rankings are sick. Like I said, he had, he had Doc Redman in his top five. Last week, okay, I, I I think he's probably the only person for sure uh, that had Doc Redman in his top five rankings for the week. So this guy knows what the hell he's doing. Okay, Gup is a really sharp dude. The whole community won about over three hundred grand uh, this past week. It, it, it's something that you need to get on because they got the rankings, they got the bets, they got Bucks who does an amazing course preview. They got Tambo's pit. They got Tambo's article every single week. Gup's rankings. They got uh, uh, a lineup generator. Everything you need is on that site and it's priced right. It's not outrageous. And you get a little bit of discount using promo code DGEN10. So make sure you, you get on gupscorner.com. All right. So let's get to this week. If my phone would load. Okay, there we go. The PGA Tour heads to Minnesota for the 3M Open from TPC Twin Cities. Uh, This course has been used on the senior tour in the past, and the old guys thrashed it every year they played with an average winning score of minus 21. The PGA has adjusted the course a bit for the big boys, adding about 300 yards of length, about 100 mature trees, and they cut down the fairway width. Uh, When the seniors around 40 yards. So expect the fairways to still be above average in size. Just as we saw last week, the PGA likes an easy setup for new courses on tour. Hollis Kavner, the 3M Open executive, agrees with the PGA Tour on this one. In an interview recently, he said, we don't want the hardest course on tour. We want birdies and train wrecks. Bogies are no fun. Train wrecks are definitely possible on this course with 27 water hazards um, with 27 water hazards scattered around uh, the whole course. Now, expect a similar scoring tournament as last week with a winning score, I'd say, in the minus 20 range. It could even be more than – it could be lower scoring than last week as well. Uh, the Arnold Palmer-designed TPC Twin Cities is a 7,450-yard-ish uh, par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. 
The length of the course is a bit deceiving since the course is played at about 1,000 feet above sea level, going around 900 feet above sea level. All shot to go a little bit further than normal, which will cut down the actual length of the course. The par fives are on the longer side, but golfers with above average length could reach in two due to the altitude, giving the ball a little bit more juice. The par threes will be some of the most difficult holes on the course. All but the par three fourth hole will play over 200 yards. The par fours vary in length with two under 400 yards, four between 400 and 450 yards, and six between 450 and 502, 502 yards. Off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways that are above average in width with fairway bunkers in the landing zones and water in play on many tee shots. The trees aren't bunched up like we see on most you know, East Coast parkland courses, and there is a lot of room between the edge of the fairway and the tree line. Golfers that miss the fairway will most likely have to deal with two and a half inch rough, though if they miss wildly, they will have to deal with the trees and probably water. On approaches, golfers will see, tre- see greens that are above average in size. The greens look to be multi-tiered, but I can't be 100% sure since the only video I've seen of the course is from Google Earth. Um, but with the size of the greens, you know, I would expect them to be multi-tiered. Uh, the greens look to be surrounded by rough bunkers and water, with most having a runoff area only in the front of the greens. The grass in the greens is pure bank grass. There's only been two tournaments, I think, this season that's been played on pure bank grass, and that's uh, Colonial and Augusta. Um, and the stint reader rating should be around 12 to 12 and a half. The courses have seen a ton of rain this spring and summer, so the course could play soft. I think it's raining there right now. So I think it's possible with these soft conditions that the scoring average will actually even be lower than what we saw last week. Tambo, what stats? Uh, what golfers? What are you looking for in golfers this week? Uh, you talked a little bit about it. The biggest thing right now is it sounds like with that weather involved that it's going to be extremely soft going in. Uh, not much wind to worry about. Uh, and then on top of that, the fact that they, you know, the water that's in play isn't really in play technically because it is and it isn't. What I'm trying to say is that they've got the fairways wide enough still that these guys can just rip it up. So, uh, you know, they still have a pretty wide open gopher broke type mentality. They said, you know, birdies or train wrecks was the saying. So um, for me, it's going to be big on approach. It's going to be big on scoring. So birdies are better. DK points. Uh, some long irons just based on, you know, the 200 plus on the par threes, the three par fives. And then the way they have their par fours set up, uh, yeah, I think it's like five out of eight are, are shorter, but the other three are longer. So it's still going to be some 200 yard type shots or a little bit of more of the longer irons going in. So uh, other than that, a little bit of scoring wedges for the opposite holes and then a little bit of putting just for a tiebreaker, but nothing special. All right, sounds good there, buddy. Let's go into the field. Let's start off, of course, in this 10K range. We have Patrick Reed all the way to Brooks Kepka. How you starting it this week there, buddy? Yeah, here we go again, right? So <laughs> DJ 2.0. Interesting, it sounds like at the start of the week here, everyone's just saying auto-fade Brooks because uh, what just happened with DJ on top of the fact that Brooks doesn't show up at regular events so on and so forth, but uh, I'm going to do my first T3PO of the week, and it's uncommon to get it right out of the gates at the top, but um, Hideki over 11K, you know my rule, even last week at 10-2, I know he showed up on some of those lineups uh, that you'll see, but it's because DJ and the other guys didn't, and it's just the way people build lineups. Obviously, the optimal last week literally would have been like 35,000 or something silly because Nate Lashley wasn't even in the field, so he wouldn't have counted. But even if you take the realistic optimal, I think it was like 45,000. 
So I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to search for that diamond in the rough by leaving five grand on the table and hope I hit the, the lottery ticket winner. Uh, for me, Hideki doesn't, again, he pays value on weeks when the other guy doesn't. But I'm thinking that one of these days we're going to get Brooks to show up uh, and lap a field just because he's getting pissed off. People are saying he can't win. They're forgetting about his nine second places on tour. It is what it is. What his results are, are ridiculous. But if, if anything, the regression to the mean should be on the other side of things. You know, he should stop winning majors and start winning regular tour events. Uh, I'm going to take Brooks over Hideki this week. Uh, and they're going to show up in your models close. They're going to show up in people's rankings and stats and projection sites as close. Uh, and then a lot of people will just fade Brooks. I'm really hoping it's like 10% though. So I can just build them at 20% and get leveraged that way or 25% and not have to do a, a Dustin Johnson. I think I'll get away with that. But everything lines up for Brooks here. The last 24 rounds, regardless of everything, it includes majors, of course. But uh, he's still solid across the board in all my stats. He can obviously show up at any time if he does. I'm not sure what the deal is with um, Thonggate 2.0. I saw he was on Instagram or whatever in the thong again. But maybe that's his good luck charm. Uh, I can't play Decky at 11K, though, 11.1K. So uh, I might have a couple shares of him, but I think he's going to get higher owned than we think and just don't see it paying off. Uh, I'd much rather have Jason Day. That's the next guy I'll go to. I really like four to the five. I love Brooks. I love Jason Day. The two I love most, though, are, are Bryson and Reed. Uh, and I'll just figure it out in the 7K range to make these things work. So that obviously tells you that the nines and eights will go overlooked a little bit as we get through this. Um, but Bryson, for sure, uh, you know, just a, another spot for him where he can show up. Stats-wise, he's been getting a lot better lately. 10-5 is a fair price, even if you want to start your lineups there. Uh, and then Patrick Reed, I'll let you go through it. I know you're going to talk what you're going to talk about with motivation factors, but what what's your take on Reed, Kenny? And then what do you like for the rest of the range? Okay, well, here's the thing: I would definitely play Kepka over Hideki uh, this week, but I'm not playing either one. I'm going to play the bottom three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be you know Jason Day one A and uh, Bryson DeChambeau 1B, and then Patrick Reed right behind. Now, when it comes to Patrick Reed, the thing you got to realize is I think he just got into the top 20 in the President Cup standings. Uh, it's coming up soon. He's only got a few events left to build that that up. And after what happened last year at the Ryder Cup, it's going to be very difficult for Tiger Woods to pick him as a captain's pick. Right. Uh, I, think, I think Reed has to make the team to be on the team. And, and, and the only way he's going to do that is with high finishes, wins in these next few in, by, for the rest of the season. I think that's going to motivate Reed. Reed wants to play these type of events. These are what he lives for. He's Captain America for a fucking reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, And so I think the motivation factor of him playing well and coinciding with his game being on an upswing uh, makes me like Reed at a $10,000 price. Um, now, I like the other two guys a little bit better. Jason Day, you know, you got to think about the, the new caddy he's at. He has Stevie Williams on the back. Right. When Stevie took over for Tiger Woods, uh, Tiger won real quick within five events. When he, when Steve Williams took over for Adam Scott, Scott uh, uh, Adam Scott won quickly. Again, I think he won the WGC in 2011. I think Bridgestone, maybe. It was some tournament within the first five or six events that, uh, that he caddied. Jason Day has been playing a lot better. Uh, with him on the bag. And, you know, what they has said about Stevie Williams is he's sort of like a, a a drill sergeant, you know, for those with the military background. He's, you know, he gets on him about a lot of stuff. And I think that's what exactly what, what you know, Jason Day needs. Someone to call him a fucking pussy when he's being a pussy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, he has that rep. 
you know, being sort of a weaker dude, you know, and and I think having Stevie Williams on the bag, that type of mentality, that bulldog type mentality on the bag will, will, will rub off on Jason Day. And I think a win can come quickly with him. And in this type of field, uh, I think it can easily happen. You know, his game is trending upwards. Uh, he's been a lot better. Like he's another one of those guys who's been playing better with his irons. Um, and now he, unlike Snedeker, like I talked about earlier, he's not only hitting more greens, he's actually gaining strokes on approaches as well. And with his putting ability, I mean, if you look at his putting, um, let me take a peek. He's first uh, in the last hundred rounds in this field on bent grass greens. So you, you take into account his upward trajectory with his irons, the new guy, Stevie Williams on the bag, which is a big, big factor and his great putting on bent grass. Uh, I think he can win. Uh, this week. So I like Jason Day a lot. Bryson. Now, when it comes to Bryson, his game, another guy trending upwards. You look, this was the first time last week, uh, the last time he played, I think, I forget, Travelers or whatever event he played last. Was the first time he gained strokes in every single strokes gain category uh, this season. Okay, so last year, the first time he gained strokes uh, on all five of his strokes gained uh, uh, categories was at the, uh, uh, I think, the, the, the Waste Management. Last year, in his next twenty events, he gained strokes well in all five categories six more times, and in, in six other instances, he only lost strokes in one category. So when he when he when Bryson figures stuff out, he figures it out for a while, and so I can see him having a great summer uh, this year, and I can see him, you know. And another thing is he's been really great in the Midwest. I think all his wins are in the Midwest. What John Deere uh, Memorial. Uh, I think he won one in Chicago last year during the uh, the, the playoffs. So, I mean, like, he, this, he's comfortable in this situation. So I do like Bryson DeChambeau as well. Those are going to be my 1A and 1B picks, and I'll play some read because of the motivation factor as well. All right, so let's move to this 9K range. I have two of my first cash game cornerstones in this range. And, you know, when I, go, when I do cash, I want a balanced lineup. I want to start off with a couple of guys in a 9,000 range, you know, but the talent level it drops off so much, you know, and once you get past below 10,000, but I'm still sticking with it uh, this week. Uh, I'm a little worried, but I'm still sticking with it. So my first cash game cornerstone, once again, it's going to be Joaquin the Dream Neiman. Uh, the guy's been playing exceptional golf here recently. He's on upswing. He's found, I think ever since he uh, played in his home event, I think he's from Chile, right? Uh, he played a, <laughs> a Latin American event in Chile, South American event in Chile, Played extremely well, shot low a couple of rounds, and since that time, his game has been trending upwards. Uh, he's been really good with his irons. Uh, now, the one worry I have is, you know, he's been putting lights out. You know, it's a red flag for a lot of us DFS players uh, when we see that type of thing where he's putting lights out. But I think, I think what he's learned uh, recently is even without his top game, I think he's getting better at being able to make the cut. Uh, I think he's made the most cuts in a row in his career here recently. He's made six in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And some of those times he hasn't really been playing his A game, but he's been able to grind it out and make that cut. And that's what we want in cash, you know. The upside's there with Neiman, but I want him at least to make the cut. And so, you know, four or five months ago, I wouldn't, he wasn't even on my cash radar. But I think he's figured out how to grind out a tournament when his game isn't all the way there. But the benefit is his game is strong, right? 
Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Right now, so hopefully that continues. So I like Joaquin Neiman uh, as my first Cascade cornerstone. My second one's going to be Victor Hovland. This kid can play. Uh, you saw last week, I had him in my cash lineup last week. Um, he shot that 64 on Sunday. Hopefully he can take that, you know, that momentum of shooting his best round ever as a pro. And hopefully it leads to more upcoming things. I mean, you see guys, it's not out of the realm of possibility for new guys to jump on tour and start winning. And we saw it with John Rahm. Uh, you know, we saw it with Bryson, who won, was it John Deere, in 2017, um, early in his career. It's not out of the question for these high-caliber type golfers. And T the Green, this guy's been excellent. In his last three events, he's second in the field, or he's in the last 12 rounds. He's second in the field in strokes game T to green. I mean, he's beating Brooks Kepka. He's beating Reed. He's beating Neiman. He's beating I mean, all these guys uh, T to green. He's been getting a, a, a good amount of birdies, um, you know, hitting a lot of greens, lots of opportunities. First in strokes gain off the tee. I do think that, you know, people who drive the ball well far in the fairway will have a, a big advantage on this type of course, especially with the soft greens where they're, you know, putting out wedge out there and, you know, target practice basically type of golf. Um, he's actually been very good at long par fours as well. And there's quite a few of them. There's like six par fours over 450 yards. And he's seventh in, in the field in par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards in his last 12 rounds. So those two guys uh, I like, those are going to be my cash game cornerstones. I also do like Roy Sabatini. I mean, as well as he's been playing, um, he's reminding me sort of like what Kokrak has been doing, like playing really out of his mind golf for a long time. Uh, and, and then, you know, getting at some point in time, they're going to get a win or a second place. You saw Kokrak get that second, uh, I forget what event, but, you know, a month or two ago. Um, I think Sabatini's on that same type of trajectory. Um, and I do like the way he's been playing. Uh, you know, actually, he's been playing really good golf since I shook his hand at the Players' Championship <laughs> TPC, uh, uh, at uh, TPC Sawgrass. So I'm going to take a little bit of a credit. No, I'm kidding. But uh, he's been playing extremely well, uh, so I like him in GPPs. Who do you like in this range? D- didn't somebody try to tell you that wasn't Sabatini? It was Sabatini. I know. It was. I know. I know. It's like- it didn't. Yeah, it was. I think it was a tour junkies, but I mean, it was definitely him. I mean, uh, I talked to him for a while. It was definitely him. Okay, <laughs> that's what I mean. So, all right, all right. You just did my my dirty work here for me. So. Uh, you didn't mention, uh, you know, here, here's the thing. Sabatini is my next T3PO, but I don't want to take him over Neiman because I like Neiman here. Um, but it sounds like there's a little bit of Tony Finau chatter out of there, right out of the gates. Um, you know, I sort of hedged a little bit. I'll get to that later. But 
I, I'm not big on Finau right now. I know he's getting back on bent. I know it's a you know a chance where he's got to turn it around, scoring event, whatever, whatever. Um, but the thing about Sabatini for me, and that's why I'm taking Sabatini over Finau, uh, if I got a coin flip right there, is because Sabatini is ranking out so well for me in everything. And in the biggest categories, if you look at like my birdies are better or DK scoring, he's actually better than the the triple threat that everyone and yourself are talking about in Day, Bryson, and Reed in the last 24 rounds. Sabatini's actually beating them, but just people can't fathom paying that money for him. So it just never, you know, it doesn't work that way. They just say, oh, I can't get to him. Uh, you know, that's too expensive for Rory Sabatini. I mean, you could say the same about Hovland, who you just made a great case for, and I still like this week as well in this range. The I really like these top guys, but it's going to be hard to get to these all these guys in these lineups. So um, for me, the second one, big time, I like Rory Sabatini. After that, I like Hovland. Uh, and after that, for the same reasons you mentioned, I like Neiman. Uh, like you said, Neiman has more than just floor because he's come top five in the last two events. And this is another event that he's capable at. Um, the, other, the other guy I kind of got a little flavor on here that I'm not sure if you like him or not, but uh, Sung, Sung JM right at the bottom, right at 9K. Kind of like him in a scoring event. Uh, you know, he's good on beat, birdies are better. He can scramble if he doesn't get his shit together. He's got DK scoring. He's good on par fives. It's been a better putter. He's actually 18th over the last 24 rounds in this field. What's your take on Sung JM real quick? I actually do like him this week. I mean, it's going to be an easier course. So, again, I like Sung Jae on easier courses. So, I'm going to play him. Uh, I do like him this week. Okay. All right. So, let's move on to this 8K range. I'm going to go ahead and get us started again because I got my third cash game cornerstone up in this piece. It's going to be my Korean brethren, uh, Kevin Na. And I know it's not going to be a popular play. Um, you know, he's missed, like, I think two of his last three cuts. But the thing is, he has he's only missed one cut, I think, in the last year or so outside of a major. Or maybe two, maybe three cuts. He only missed three cuts in the last 12 months that hasn't been at a major. Uh, I think he's only missed like one or two this year that, that that's been that hasn't been in a major. Uh he won at uh Colonial. He came in sixth in the Korea Open. And the thing about him, he's very good at par 70 and par 71 courses. And every single one of his wins in his career has been on pure bent grass. He's actually the 12th best putter in the last 100 rounds in this field on bent grass greens. Uh, I know the court, he's probably not the longest guy, and length will definitely help uh, here. But with the elevation uh, that, that we have, I, I think he'll still be able to compete uh, with his putter and, and good iron play. His iron play has just been decent. It hasn't been great, but you got to think a lot of that has been skewed because of the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship where he really, really struggled. Uh, if you look outside of that, he's been okay. You know, finished, uh, he was really good at the Schwab, gaining 8.3 strokes as his approach, uh, 1.4 at the Byron Nelson. So he's been fluctuating, but he's had like big weeks with his iron game. I think this is the type of tournament where he can do well. So I do, uh, and if he doesn't do well, I think he can at least make the cut. And again, you know, it's a cash games. So that's where I'm going with other guys. I do like in this range, Ryan Moore. Okay. Here's the thing about Ryan Moore. He burned a lot of people last week, but he doesn't miss multiple back-to-back cuts very often. He did earlier this year. Uh, he missed three cuts in a row earlier this season, but prior to that, he hadn't missed back-to-back cuts since like 2017. And if you look at the three missed cuts that he's had recently, so he missed the cut at, uh, let me, I had this written down here. Hold on. He missed the cut of the Waste Management. The next week, he finished 28th at the Genesis. Uh, he missed the cut of Valspar. The next time he played, he finished third at the Valero. 
He missed the cut of the PGA. He, the next week, he finished 33rd at the Memorial, or uh, the next time he played, and then he finished 15th the week after that. So he has that nice bounce-back type of deal. I like him in GPPs. I think people are going to be off of him. And with his iron play, I think he could do something this week. And he's actually top 10 in opportunities gained in the last 50 rounds, the stat that you get from FantasyNational.com. So I like Ryan Moore for GPPs. I think he'll be lower-owned. And on this type of bomb and gouge type of course, I think Phil's Phil's in the mix. Uh, These are the type of courses I think Phil Mickelson will like. Um, so, uh, you know, where, where you can just pound it out there and not worry too much about where the driver goes, rely on his good irons, rely on his putting in short game, and maybe he can show up uh, on a week where you might not get very much ownership of Phil Mickelson because of the way he's been playing. He hasn't been the most consistent golfer this year. So you, it's possible that you see single-digit ownership for a guy of Phil's caliber in this tournament where, you know, it's not that strong of a feel. Uh, there's a couple other guys I like, but go ahead. Why don't you go ahead, Tampa? Yeah, not, not much. Uh, you heard how many I like at the top, so that involves skipping some of this range. Um, I like Streelman still. Uh, I think some people think that he can only you know par his way through, but we've seen it time and time again. He's just such a good ball striker. Uh, number one on approach in the last 24 rounds, eight in DK scoring, solid with the scoring wedges, second in greens of regulation. The guy's dialed. Uh, don't mind him at 8,900. I like the bounce back on more like you just talked about. Uh, I think it's something like nine out of his last 11 events, gaining strokes on approach. Last week, he burned everyone. That's life. That happens. Costs people six figures in some case myself. Uh, you know, it, it happens, but you got to go back to him. 8,700 is still a fair price. Don't mind it. Loved your your take on Nah. That's another guy that I was on in this range already. And then the only other guy I really like in this range, I'm not going back to, you know, the Lashleys or – Howells, I'm not big on Phil this week or, or really Scott Piercy ever. Um, he might be the only other one that sneaks in. But the guy I really like here is Adam Hadwin. Uh, sneaky with scoring, you know, 16th in birdies are better, 12th in DK scoring, third with his long irons. He's getting that putter back on the last 24 rounds. 8,100 seems cheap for him based on the fact that if he can get that putter rolling as he has a little bit in these last Four outings, uh, you know, 8,100 is a fair price, and I like him a lot better than taking a risk on a guy like Berger or Harmon or back to Lashley after such a life-changing emotional week. So I really like having an 8,100, but that's sort of the gist of this range for me, taking it light and then going heavy in the 7Ks and low sixes, or high sixes, I should say. All right, why don't you go ahead and lead us into this top 7K range there, Tambo? Yeah, like uh, a few guys, uh, I would say right out of the gates, uh, Watney, Stands out, still still doing it for me. You know, he's a guy that you're just waiting to get that extra push. But at 7,900, I can sort of afford a little bit of leeway. So don't mind him. Uh, Peter Malnati, staying hot, like him. Think he's underpriced at 7,800. Uh, JJ Spawn, same thing. A guy that we know can get you 20 birdies. Uh, sneaky again with the scoring lately uh, are him and the next guy, Cameron Tringali. Both those guys are in the top 15 for... Um, Birdies are better and DK scoring. And I'm not just saying just scoring because it's not what it's all about. But if if the you know the senior guys are putting up an average of like 18 under over three rounds, uh, you know, and, and the course isn't sounding like it's going to be that much harder based on the weather, things being a little bit more receptive for the first couple of days, not a lot of wind. Uh, you know, the fairways were narrowed slightly and they added, you know, one less stroke or they took a stroke off. But at the end of the day, I could still see minus 20 or better. No problem here. Uh, like last week. So uh, to me, these guys are still solid. Ball- like right now, they've been solid ball strikers, good on approach, hitting lots of greens, 
Uh, Dufner's right there. Don't mind him. And then Taylor Gooch, uh, scoring machine as well. And one more, I'm peppering this range, Danny Lee. Same thing, sixth in birdies or better game, 14th in DK points. Really, all these guys are coming into form. So I got no problem um, just putting three or four of these guys in the lineup and then just mixing the combos at the top because this is where I believe the true value is this week. All right, so before I get into this range, let's talk about Draft.com. Join Draft.com right now using promo code DGEN and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice after making a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. They got some big tournaments coming up, some big, huge prize pool, million-dollar best ball uh, prize pool for the NFL. So get on that. Join Draft right now using promo code DGEN. All right, so let's talk about this top 7k range i'm going to go over my final cash game cornerstone it's going to be peter malnati at uh dollars you know he's average in length but he's really good with his approaches really good with his putter um and, and the thing about him is yeah i think he's missed only missed like one cut in his last 12 events so he's been a really consistent guy after not being too consistent throughout his career so it's, his game has been elevated this year and there's no doubt about that. I think, again, at this price tag, uh, it, it seems a little bit cheap for the way that he's been playing. So I really do like Malnati as my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstone picks this week are going to be Joaquin the Dream Neiman at 9,300, Victor Hovland at 9,100, Kevin Na at 8,600, and Peter Malnati at 7,800. This leaves you uh, well, it leaves you over $15,000 to finish off the rest of your lineup. Uh, other guys I do like in this range. I do like JJ Spawn, just like you. I'm a fan. The guy's been playing really well in the last, recently. If you look at his stats in the last 12 rounds played, I mean, they're pretty freaking sick. Uh, he's eighth in my model, uh, 11th in strokes gain approach in the last eight, 12 rounds in this field. Uh, fifth in DraftKings points, fourth in birdies a better gain. Uh, so, I mean, the birdies a better gain is a big one for this week. So I do like J.J. Spawn. Uh, Tringali, I'm a little worried about him. Uh, stats line up ridiculous, okay? Uh, he's second in my model in the last 12 rounds. But the issue is he's not a very consistent guy. And he sort of bugged me because I was huge on him two weeks two weeks ago, if you remember, where I said he was the most criminally underpriced. And he went and MDF'd. Uh, that event. And then last week he goes and throws in a top 10 or a top 15 or wherever he finished played lights out. So I was a little bitter uh, about that, but that's not why I'm worried. What I'm worried is, you know, if he's like 15, 20% owned, I, I think it's possible. It's a good fade, you know, because he's not the most consistent guy. You don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. So, uh, you know, we'll see. He's a based on ownership type play for me. Um, other guys I do like in this top range, um, I like Taylor Gooch, like you said. I, I think I'm going to give Jason Duffner a, another chance. Uh, he missed a cut last week right on the number. But, again, another guy whose game is trending upwards. He's been hitting a ton of greens here right lately. And he's been, you know, having the opportunities. He just hasn't been putting uh, that well, which is a typical Jason Duffner trait. But he's 15th in opportunities gained in the last 12 rounds in this field. So I'll give him uh, another try. Uh, now, going down a little bit lower in this range – um, I like um, Sepp Straka, again, another guy who we liked a lot last week. I think his game is trending upwards. It looks like he can be uh, a, a force, uh, maybe not a force, but a guy who can we see every week make the cut and have a little bit of success 
um, you know, really good tee to green, really good from 150 to 175. I think there'd be quite a few approaches uh, from that range since everyone's going to be driver heavy, and there's a lot of holes between like 420 and 470 yards. So I like Straka. Um, I'll give Cameron Champ a, a little bit of a chance. I think the Bombers can't succeed here. Uh, I think if you hit it far enough uh, and you have a wedge in your hand, you're going to have an advantage no matter who you are. Uh, and, and that's the type of golfer that Cameron Champ is. So I do like him. Another guy in that same range who I loved last week and burned me. Jeff Feinberg talked about it uh, last week and said that I was a week uh, – no, it was Musonomics. One of those two. Uh, said I was a week early when it came to List, and they were right because List missed the cut last week. But again, this is another type of course where, you know, with his length uh, off the tee and, and being very good uh, from long range, I mean, he's, I think, t- top 10 in par 4 efficiency from 450 to 500 yards in this field in the last 12 rounds. I'll go ahead and give him another run. Uh, Sam Burns, another guy I do like, again, Good for longer par fours, long hitter. Uh, he's been putting a lot better here recently. So I like him. Wyndham Clark, another bomber that I think is didn't change in price after having a pretty successful last couple of weeks. Again, crushes par fives, long off the tee. Um, he's actually been putting lights out here recently. So hopefully uh, that can continue. Uh, Sam Ryder. Uh, at $7,100, another guy I do like, a solid approach game, solid from 150 to 175. Uh, so those are some of the other guys I like in this lower range. Who do you got in this range there, Tambo? More guys, yeah. Uh, just go through a few of them. But uh, Sung Kang, hopping back on that wagon, burned some guys, burned me as well. was in some of those five or sixes that I had that were looking pretty nice. Still lines up, still scores. Um, good with his long irons, solid on par fives, approach, greens are egg, birdies are better, everything. Love him at 7,500. Think he's underpriced. I would still play him over Straka. The, the price increase scares me a little bit on Straka. Um, you know, Tringali, like you said, is kind of even scarier, but he actually, since the start of April, just to go back to that quick, is five out of six um, strong gains on Tita Green and on approach, and his putter is four out of six. So, I mean, he's been showing up quite a bit more besides the miscut in the 70th after, you know, he had a pretty good start and then MDF'd a, a mini Keegan, so to speak, that week at the Travelers. Um, but keep going through this range. Uh, who else? What do I got here? Um, uh, going on a quick mini rant before I name my third T3BO. But one thing I find, you know, a lot of the talk is in the industry anyway is about putting. Uh, you just mentioned with Sam Burns, and that's where I started at. Like Sam Burns a lot, and apparently he, you know, Bermuda Burns was this thing for so long. In 2019, 12 out of 15 weeks, he's gained strokes putting. Obviously not all on Bermuda. And 11 of his last 12, he's gained strokes putting. So that's just that's not the only thing. That's just my point. So that's that's one thing to bring up. Uh, definitely on him. The other guy is Keith Mitchell, right? Like, like it's only on um, – same thing, I think Bermuda, right, with Keith Mitchell. So um, just going into that, I still like Keith Mitchell here. Keith Mitchell's done absolutely nothing lately, and he still is ranked 25th in DK scoring for the last 24 rounds. So at 7,400, the upside of a guy that I would much rather play, a Keith Mitchell over, uh, you know, like a, a champ who I'm hoping can bounce back, or, you know, after even last week he had one of his best rounds and then still didn't do much. Uh, or like the Tringali thing you just talked about, if you're a little bit scared off of it, I like a Keith Mitchell, a Luke List, a Sam Burns, those guys, regardless of what they do with their putter, because they can score so much for you. And then if they get hot, uh, they definitely can top 10 a tournament, if not more. 
So like, like those three that I mentioned, my final T3PO is going to be uh, Canadian versus Canadian violence. I'm going to take Mackenzie Hughes over Corey Connors. Uh, Connors, I think, will pop a little bit more for people, especially when it comes to the ball striking and the greens and that sort of stuff. Um, but for me, Mackenzie Hughes, I was reading some stats today on uh, low-scoring events, like what we expect to see in this one and how well he does in those, and then just what we've seen from him lately. Uh, I'm happy to play him at the $7,400 tag and hope he comes in lower than Connors, being that Connors has won on tour already this season. Other than that... Uh, one, thing, one, one thing about Mackenzie Hughes, I didn't forget about Mackenzie Hughes. I like him a lot this week, too. Uh, I do think he's cash viable uh, as well. The guy's been playing amazing golf, uh, and at $7,400, he'd be a nice final roster spot for your cash lineup if you feel like going in that direction. So, yes, I do like Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think, like I said, people underestimate it. It's not someone that's going to just pop off and, and people be all over him or anything, or they haven't been anyway to this point. Um, but there's some firepower in this range, right? Like, it's all those guys. So um, the other thing I was going to say is Doc Redman. Uh, I'm not sure what everybody's doing with him yet. But I don't feel the price jump was even close to enough. Obviously, it's a huge jump from last week from 6,400 when he's the last guy in the field. Uh, but for just what we saw, it's not a fluke. Like I said, we talked about this a lot in the Guff's Corner Slack last week. It made people 300,000 plus because it was all due to him. There's lots of people that cashed five out of six lineups all because of Doc Redman with 125 points at that price. Uh, but he's got the talent, man. And I don't think he's happy with the second, right? I think he could still bounce back and have another. Uh, not really, it's it's bad to call it a bounce back, but I'm saying, I think he can come back again and do something similar, and he doesn't have to come second at 7,200. Wait, wait, hold on, Tambo. No. Tambo, say again, again. Say again, again. Again. Say, oh, no. I can say you say it again. You remind me of Chris Jericho. Again. Again. Oh, sorry. Again. Uh, again. <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes uh, get that. The Canadian accent will roll through, right? People get me on it, but uh, that's the first time I think you've got me so far, Kenny, so good job. Uh, honestly, honestly, I thought you were Chris Jericho right there because every time he, well, what was that thing? He had some quote where he used that uh, every time. I'm, I'm a, I used to be a big wrestling fan. I'm not so much anymore. Nice. Back in the day, Jericho is one of my favorite guys. He's Canadian. He was like again. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead, Tampa. Sorry, going on a yeah, A shout out to the WWE and really the WWF. When you were a fan, it sounds like as was I. Uh, back in the day of Tatanka and Yokozuna and Razor Ramon and all those dudes. I know Feinberg and I know Gup are two big WWF. And still, I think WWE fans as well. But uh, anyways, Doc Redman, 7,200. Still like this guy. Going back to him again. And then Denny McCarthy, 7,100. Uh, putting, if that shows up. It, it has in the last 24 rounds. If he can continue that and get a little bit more going with his irons, don't mind it. Like him for a GPP flyer. You mentioned Wyndham Clark, who I like. And then lastly, to round it out, Max Homa. Uh, really popping for me, Max Homa. Based on ball striking, Tita Green, uh, birdies are better, DK scoring, proximity 200 plus, uh, and then par five scoring. So 7,000, I think he's extremely uh, underpriced. And based on the fact that he's also won this season, I think he's feeling pretty good. Um, so that's it for the $7,000 range. Do you got many guys in the 6K range, Kenny? Uh, before we get into that, talking about Razor Ramon, it's a great story. Uh, when I was in high school, I was a big Razor Ramon, Scott Hall fan. And you know how he also always had that toothpick in his mouth, yes. right? And so I, I used to rock the toothpick all the time. Oh, my God. High school and, and, so, uh, and so I got suspended from high school because some dude pissed me off, and we got face-to-face. -face. I took my toothpick out and flicked it in his fucking face, <laughs> and it hit him in his eye, and the dude almost went blind. 
So I got suspended from school because of Razor Ramon. But uh, actually, hey, yo, hey, hey, yo. I'm just going to tell you, that's so funny. You got a wrestling suspension story because I also have one. Uh, And it was grade nine. My mom was fucking pissed because it was right during exam time. And we really didn't like this guy, me and my buddy. This is so bad. But, you know, it's many years later now, so I feel bad. But it was the winter time, right? And he's like, take his toque and, um, you know, throw it around the corner and I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. So I I ran to his, grabbed his toque off his head. And I brought What's a toque. Um, what do you call it then? Actually, I just knew this is going to set me up for failure right here. Um, it's, what the fuck is a toque? What do you wear? Like when you go to a football game and it's cold out and you put on your head? A beanie. A beanie. Okay. Yeah, that is what Americans call it. A beanie. Anyway, uh, it, it, uh, it's called a toque. I took it off his head. Uh, I threw it around the corner. I didn't know what my buddy was going to do to him. I thought it was like to insinuate it and let's just get it started. As soon as the guy goes around the corner to lean down and pick up his toque, he sweet chin musics him right in the fucking chin. Bust his chin. What? He has to get stiff. Really? Oh, yeah. Sweet chin music in real life? One Michaels to the chin. That's amazing. Everybody. It was terrible, if you think back to it. But at the time, it was incredible. Anyway, had to get stitches on his on his uh, lower chin. And, yeah, I got suspended for the exam. My mom talked him into letting me still write it, um, you know, but just from the suspension room. But she, I, I was pissed. I was grounded for, like, a month. This was grade nine. <sighs> and, yeah, that, that was another no. wrestling suspension. Your boy stuff. sweet chinning – your boy hitting his sweet chin music is – Amazing! That I, he, best intro song in the history of That's WWE. Right. I would have said, yeah. you know, I'm a sexy boy. Ooh, ooh, I'm not your boy. Toy. That's my shit right there. I love that. I love that dude. I love that move. Uh, all right. So, anyways, let's move on to the six K range before we get out of control here. Uh, a couple of guys I like. So, first off, this course, you know, with with wider fairways, larger greens, it could turn into a putting contest very, very easily. And when you look in. To the last 100 rounds, again, I'm on FantasyNational.com. When you look at the last 100 rounds played on bent grass greens, there's four golfers, uh, three golfers, there are four golfers that, that pop in this range. You have Bo Hostler, who's second in strokes game putting uh, in the last 100 rounds on bent grass greens. You got Martin uh, Harris English, uh, fourth in strokes game putting in the last 100 rounds. He's 6,600. Bo Hostler, 6,900. You got Martin Pillar who's sixth in strokes gained putting uh, in this field in the last 50 rounds on bent grass. He's 6,600. You got Ben Silverman, at uh, who's ninth in strokes gained putting on bent grass in this field in the last 100 rounds, who's, uh, you know, 6,500. I'll play those guys. Uh, other, you know, because, I mean, you never know with these type of courses where it's just scoring, it's going to be easy fairways, easy greens to hit it's, it could be a putting contest and guys who have excelled on these type of greens we haven't seen much bent pure bent on tour this season it could be useful of course all four of those guys are just flyers another guy another stat that i saw from our friends at fansharesports.com uh, uh, leaders in dk points gained at arnold palmer design courses since 2015 sean stefani is second on that list. I think he's 66, 6,500. So that's another guy that I'll be looking at this week in this 6K range. Uh, others uh, that I do like, uh, Andrew Landry, I think is a little bit underpriced for the skill level. We know that he can win. He's won before. Uh, really good from 150 to 175, uh, 175 yards, which I think there will be plenty of approaches in that length. He's fifth in opportunities gained um, in the last 50 rounds in this field. Now he's 83rd in birdies better game, so that tells you how good his putting has been. Uh, but, you know, again, if that putter can get hot, I think he can make a little bit of noise here in this 6K range. 
Uh, other guys, um, let me look. Trey Mullen actually hurt me last week, but I think I can go back to the well with him once again. Good with his approaches. Uh, plenty of opportunities gained. Really lengthy off the tee. Top 25 in greens and regulation gained in the last 50 rounds in this field. And then one flyer, uh, I'll play a little bit of Robert Garrigus at uh, 7,400. Um, you know, iron game always good, long off the tee. If I remember correctly, I think he played the web tour last week and did well, at least the first couple of rounds. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, I'll probably play a little bit of Garrigus. Another guy, uh, Dominic Bazzelli, another guy who can get really hot with the putter. Uh, and in this range, you know, the stats really aren't going to line up for most of these guys. So you got to f- try and find the edge. Uh, you know, when he gets hot with that putter, he can, you know, score really, really well. Uh, and if this turns into a putting contest, that could be the key. Uh, what guys do you like in the six range? Yeah, Garrigus played the Corn Ferry Tour last week, came 20th. I think he had an opening round 64. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought you were going to come in with the joke because if you remember why he got suspended, I thought you were going to say you are going to puff puff pass on Robert mm-hmm. Garrigus because he's coming back from the weed suspension, if you recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think yeah. it's second or third weed suspension, but, I mean, that's yeah, a whole different good, story. Is it's weed really – is it really a performance-enhancing drug? No, no. I don't think so. Yeah. That's why it's funny. And, and whatever. I mean, he could actually be a play here, and, and that's why I don't hate it, but I'm not going too crazy down here. Some guys that I like, I'm going back to Hank L., our boy Lebiota. Still pops for everything. You know, disappointed some folks last week. I think he missed, if I recall, it was on the number or a couple off or whatever. Um, Troy Merritt, another guy, hurt some people. Definitely going back to him. Um Hmm, who else? Sucher? Sucre? Maybe, you know, he comes back and does it again. Don't mind him. Um, I'm not playing – like, I'm not going crazy with all these guys. I just want to name a few so people have them. But um, who else? Steven Yeager, Mr. Uh, 59 from before on the web.com tour back in the day. Uh, he could score at will at times. But one of the guys I really like, I'll give you that much, is uh, Josh Teeter. I played him last week at 6,400. This week he only got bumped by 100. Uh Really solid last week on everything, especially with his approach. The only thing, he was way off with his putter. But before that, he, he still ranks out 45th in putting over the last 24 rounds. And he's got four events before that where he gained strokes putting. He's not a bad putter. Uh, solid, hits a lot of greens, good on approach, mediocre. You know, birdies are better, DK scoring. Solid with longer irons from 200 plus. And at 6,500, he's one of my sort of value plays of the week that I like. Uh, based on that, like I said, he was in that lineup that scored 575 last week that I talked about at the top of the show that would have won. I had him at 6,400 in there uh, with the other guys, and I got to go back to him at 6,500. Other than that, not in love with this range. Um, I know there have been some withdraws. The same guy, David Berganio Jr., that withdrew that, that withdrew last week for sorry for Lashley to get in. He withdrew again, and I think Lingmurth got in because of it. Uh, and then also Kyle Stanley withdrew yesterday as well so he's going to be in these uh this sort of 7k 6k range and he's out as well other than that kenny not much else to go through my friend all right let's take us into the betting segment there tambo for sure betting segment guys sponsored by betql.co want to head over to their website uh all new redesign they've pumped it up with a bunch of different sports uh pretty much covering everything from betting to daily fantasy to season long biggest thing with them is they want to get you the betting app uh if you download that app store or google play store three main things looking at value bets uh looking at public betting uh, and then looking at how the spread's moving so all the line movement throughout the day can use that to get some value head on over to betqlco.co download the app 
For me, super light week. I told you I'm on vacation. It's probably going to be lighter DFS-wise as well. I talked about a little bit of a hedge earlier. Uh, I did bet Finau right out of the gates at 33-1 to before I even really looked into anything. Uh, and, you know, before pricing was out for DFS. So that's why, you know, I'm heavier on the guys around him because that range is so packed with M, Hovland, Neiman, Sabatini, all those guys I told you I like. Uh, with Finau, I'll see what his ownership is and maybe I'll switch some things around. But betting at 33 to 1, you know, we've been hoping for this guy to get a win. Uh, he is the bent grass guy, so to speak. It is a much worse field than most, maybe not for what used to be the the Greenbrier or whatever is now the 3M Open, but, um, you know, because they've added guys like Kepka and Matsuyama and all that in there. But overall, if he's going to get a win, this could be a spot. And at 33-1, to 1, I didn't want to miss out. So I'll, I'll give it a shot, more of a FOMO thing. But uh, bet him pretty big since he's going to be my only bet of the week. Uh, as of now, anyway, I don't know about any long shots. Who do you got, Kenny? Well, I got uh, Neiman and Sabatini at 33 to 1, but I sort of like your take on Finau. Uh, even though I might not, I probably won't roster him on DraftKings. It could be a nice hedge uh, that way. But uh, Neiman and Sabatini at 33 to 1. Uh, Tringali, again, I'm not sure if I'll play him on DK, but I'll hedge 80 to 1. Um, and then uh, Luke List at 100 to 1. Uh, those are the ones I have right now. Uh, I'll definitely add some more because I usually have about seven outrights before the tournament starts. But those those are going to be the main bets here so far. All right, one and done. Who you got? Got to go with all I got left. Uh, Roy Sabatini. Uh, we talked about him earlier plenty. I think if he gets hot and stays hot, like I said, the sneaky scoring aspect, he could be this week's Lashley that gets to 25 and just nobody ca- catches him. He just gets hot for a couple days uh, and then shoots, you know, 67, 68 on the last two or something. Yeah, so I'm like 63rd in in the big Gups Corner one and done. I mean, first nice. prize is like 20 grand. So uh, I need to do well here in the next couple of weeks. I'm deciding between Bryson and Sabatini. Those are going to be my two picks. I'm not sure which one I'm going to have. I only have one team uh, in the league. I'm not sure which one I'm going to choose. Uh, I, I'm contemplating using Bryson next week at the John Deere, but I don't know if he's playing yet. Uh, and, of course, that's the week before the Open Championship. So I don't know how thrilled he'll be to play it. So the, I'm, I'm, I'm not in 63rd, and I'm using Sabatini. So I would recommend you use Bryson. Yeah, I think I am going to go Bryson. You're probably <laughs> right about it. I, I appreciate it. I'll try that out for you because it's not going well for I, me. I appreciate that. So, yeah, because I've used all the other big dogs in this thing. So I, I think Bryson might be the way I'm going to go this all week. Right. All right, Tampa, tell them, tell them where they can find you there, buddy. You talked about the promo, Kenny. Gupscorner.com, guys. Uh, all my content's over there, articles. Uh, you know, we do the E9 Wednesday nights. Want to get you set up for success. Everybody said, you know, this week had a huge week. The Slack is massive. We're over, you know, I think it's 1,200, members just in the golf uh, community Slack right now. It's massive as far as that's concerned. Everyone's helping each other out, uh, like sort of a mini group where everyone, you know, puts a strategy together. Uh, other than that, find me at Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo. Add me there. A lot of new people following. Try and put out some stuff. This week I'm on vacation, but beyond that, I'm pretty active. Uh, other than that, let's have a big week. All right. You can find me, my article every week on PowerHourPod.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. I put out occasionally some good stuff on there, so make sure you check that out. All right, guys. Let's win some motherfucking money this week. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. 
and even after that. Because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.